0: Good morning everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of compact discourse right here on wegl 91.1 fm auburn's premier home for student run radio for over 50 years now i'm your host jack Hart, alongside my color man davis carroll and uh joined by nobody else as it seems that alex has slept in So we'd like to welcome our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn Auburn, Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be listening today, whether you are watching our video live stream on YouTube, listening in on your terrestrial radio in your car or home at WEGL 91.1 FM, or if you are tuning in to the web live stream, weaglefm.com, we welcome you into the show. Also, if you're not watching live, you may just be listening to our podcast, which airs Commercial-free, every afternoon it gets posted, and you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, you know, Apple, you can just go straight to our RSS feed on Transistor, however you want to listen to that one, audio only, or you can head over to the WEGL FM YouTube page and watch the video version. Um, You can pause, fast-forward, rewind, whatever you please with that one. But however you are joining us today, we send a most sincere appreciation to you. For doing so, we are happy to have you here with us for Auburn's only student run Drive Time Morning Show. And now, as always, as we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin and WEGL studios in the bowels of the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where it is a steamy 71 outside this fine Thursday morning, it is the week's finale of Compact Discourse. We wish you a most sincere Buenos dias, or a good old American good morning, as we get on with the show. Davis, how are you feeling about this Thursday morning today?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, a little tired, and I also have a speech in my nine thirty class to give. Pretty easy one though, so not too worried about it. Otherwise, uh, other than that, pretty good.
2: What kind of speech?
1: Just an ungraded speech to just tell the people about ourselves, just so that public speaking teacher can kind of give us tips on our speaking ability. Mm. So
0: like dangling participles and run on sentences.
1: I guess, or just if we look at the crowd or if we like fidget a lot.
0: You split any infinitives.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, at this point, I would like to remind our audience that at any point in the next two hours, you feel so inclined to ask us a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, You can go ahead and correct us by calling in at 334-844-9345, that's 334-844-WEGL. You can also shoot us a tweet at CDISCAU, at C-D-I-S-C-A-U, and our dedicated team of call screeners will handle your inquiry, and the trivia question for the week is still pending, so if anyone would like to take another stab at the trivia question from Monday, we would love to hear your responses. That trivia question, once again, of course, is themed around the fact that your Auburn Tigers are taking on the Akron Zips this Saturday evening in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Akron's mascot is, of course, a kangaroo, which is one of the most iconic Australian animals there is, which is why it appears on the Australian coat of arms. However, there are also four other animals that appear on the Australian coat of arms, including three birds, one of them flightless. So... If you have any inclinations as to what any of the other four animals that appear on the Australian coat of arms are go ahead and tweet us at cdiscau with your responses and if you get it right or wrong at this point you will get a shout out on the air so we encourage you to do that as well all right well let's jump right into the show with your morning weather report where right now in Auburn Alabama it is 71 degrees partly cloudy with a 2% chance of rain. It's going to get up to 87 today. That's your high, low of 68. So once again, an unseasonably cool day for this early autumn morning. And moving into the afternoon, it will get up back to those August, September dog days highs as it will get up to 86 this afternoon and partly cloudy, but a 0% chance of rain. So plans won't get canceled. And you can go out and enjoy the day. This evening, it will cool way back down to 74. So once again, excellent sitting on your porch weather tonight as the clouds roll in. And we have a 3% chance of rain with a 5% chance of rain overnight with a temperature of 69 degrees. Looks like Hurricane Larry is still swiftly making its way across the Atlantic Ocean. Not sure when that's destined to make landfall, but currently soaring just west of Cape Verde off the coast of Africa. So Hurricane Larry, we've got our eyes on you as you currently sit at a Category 1 heading towards the east coast of the United States. And then Hurricane Ida seems to be done and over with here in the southeast, but Tropical Storm Ida, as yesterday it was kind of in the West Virginia area, has moved on to the eastern seaboard, and massive rainstorms in both Philadelphia and New York have caused massive amounts of flooding, including I believe parts of the subway in New York are flooded due to the severe amount of rain as a repercussion of the weird path uh, Tropical Storm Ida took across the eastern side of the country. So that's your weather wrap up. So let's move on to some more exciting things than the weather. And that would include I know yesterday we had on the show we had will root and jp on to talk about music but i know there's a really interesting piece of music news that we haven't talked about at all on the show and that is kanye west's new album donda has finally dropped after much pomp and circumstance over these past what three or four months now davis
1: i think he originally said it was going to come out in june and then it kept getting pushed back if i remember correctly and then he kept having listening parties and he also was living in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a little bit, which was interesting while he was making his album. So we had three listening parties, and then I think it was last week, or no, it was this week, whenever it was, I can't really remember. It was just dropped in the middle of the night. No, I really expected it, and that was against Kanye's wishes by Universal uh, Records or like Universal Studios or whatever. Uh, they just dropped it without his permission, and I think they might have changed it a little bit because he had been re- apparently removing people off so- certain songs. And when it was first dropped, one of the songs, Jail Part 2, was completely unavailable to listen to because Universal did not want Baby, who was who had faced some recent controversy over things he said at Rolling Loud. Uh, he was on the song and just completely blacked out. You couldn't even click on to listen to it for most of the day. But uh, later on in the day, uh, you could listen to it. You can listen to it now. To baby's on it. Apparently, they were trying to get him removed, but he's still on it. It doesn't really matter. Overall, I think the album's pre- pretty good. A little long. It's two. It's pushing two hours long. It's an hour and forty-two minutes, something like that. It's I'm, longer than Boss Baby. Apparently, is what I've heard. Interesting. So maybe they sync up, like, uh, oh, like, like Dark like, Side of the Moon and Paul Blart Mall Cop. Do, do those sync up? I know Wizard of Oz does.
0: <laughs> so. Um, I mean that's that's pretty out of character for Kanye. Aren't his albums usually pretty short?
1: Uh, sometimes. I mean, I mean his uh, his earlier ones were. I mean, like album length. Life of Pablo was short. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty short, isn't it? Yeah, he just kind of does whatever. He, there's like, uh, there's really no. It's hard to track down. He yeah, can't really be like, oh yeah, Kanye does this because sometimes he will release his album on time. Sometimes you have to wait two years to get it. Like, one of his albums like was like 500 days late, which is pretty Kanye. But, yeah, I'm not the biggest Kanye fan. I didn't grow up listening to him like a lot of people, so I don't really have a big connection to him, but I do enjoy his music when I listen to it. Uh, he's really good at making music. Say what you will about the man himself. He has issues, but he makes good music. I'll say that. Check out the album. Any it,
0: any recommendations?
1: What's your favorite song on the album? Uh, Probably Off the Grid, because I really like Playboy Cardi. Okay. But also Moon is probably... I guess the most beautiful song you'd say, like the one you just kind of put your earphones in and close your eyes, as Kid Cudi on as well. I know you like Kid Cudi in a few songs. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how you are uh, of the rest of his music. Uh, Pure Souls was really good because I'm a big Roddy Rich fan. Roddy Rich sounds really good on that. I mean, like the first half of the album, all of them are great. Some of the ones on the second half are little. Some of them are hit or miss, but I'd say the whole album pretty much, most of the songs are good. Uh, Chris says Hurricane is the best, which I was going to say. That one also has uh, Lil Baby and uh, The Weekend on it. That one sounds great. But yeah, I mean, like, you could literally just choose any song from the majority of the album. And I'd be like, yeah, it's a good choice. But the issue is, I mean, that's just kind of Kanye. He doesn't put, like, who is featuring. So sometimes I'll forget, like, oh, this is the song I like with whoever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have to, like, click through them really quick to find it. But yeah, it's a good album. And Jay-Z's on Jail, the first one, part so one. A lot of features, as is uh, yes. characteristic of a Kanye album. A lot of features you wouldn't expect from him, like Playboy, Roddy Rich, Lil Baby, Dub Baby. He wasn't. He usually wouldn't do that. Interesting. So
0: do you have any inclinations, uh, knee-jerk reactions as to what the legacy of this album is going to be, how it's going to go down in the Kanye lexicon in the history books?
1: I think he might tinker with it a little bit like he did with life of pablo which i could see him doing a little bit maybe fix up any issues he has with it because is a perfectionist since it did get released before he wanted to so i feel like he'll do that and hopefully he'll fix the album cover it is just a just black that is just the color black i'm not a big yeah. fan of that i mean he needs to go out and take another picture like he did for yay without... i mean he, he's had like three different album covers for the album like he's it's just because mentioned. Universal dropped it without his permission. I'm not... Yeah, it could be that. Or maybe he was going for like a... You kind of form your own album cover like Childish Gambino did with his 31520 album last year. Which was just a white cover. Interesting. Which it gets a little pretentious at some point <laughs> with... Because the whole album for Childish Gambino was just numbers for like the minute. So you had... To, you, it was your own experience. It, it was okay album. I didn't really love it or hate it. But... uh. I think people looking at it now are gonna be like, Oh, this sucked. It was so mediocre But in five years gonna be like, This is a pretty good album 'cause that's what they I mm-hmm. mean, that's what they did with Yay. I mean, I feel like most people liked Ye when it came out. You liked Ye when it came out. I like Ye. Good album. Yeah, I think I think people are gonna I think it's kinda split down the middle, but most people are gonna start to come to like it even if it is a little long.
0: Well that's good to hear. Um another piece of news that was trending yesterday is that Internet celebrity personality. I mean, he defies a role at this point. He does so many things. Comedian, UFC commentator, and podcast host Joe Rogan uh, has contracted the coronavirus. But apparently, he's
1: recovering quite well. I mean, he's a pretty healthy guy. Pretty big. It seems like he takes care of himself. So, good for him. Keeping him in our thoughts, just in case anything goes bad for him. Get Joe Rogan on the show sometime, maybe. Maybe one of these days. I I hope to one day get a cool neon sign with
0: compact discourse on it to sit behind us. All right. So let's move on to a little bit of campus news, including Auburn UPC, who we partnered with last night to bring you an open mic night right here in the student center. Did that go well? It went fabulous. It was actually a lot of fun. I did a little emceeing for the event, and we had a lot of fun uh, talking with the performers. Um, Everybody had a great time. And uh, it was such a, such a chill atmosphere. It was um, in that circular room right next to the Starbucks, you know, that little room. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really cool. Dylan had the, the awesome neon lights set up. And uh, once the sun set and the, the lights were bright inside and then dark on the outside, it was a super cool stage to uh, to set up on. So that was super fun to be a part of that last night. So. Uh, Thanks to Auburn UPC, thanks to The Circle, and thanks to our engineering department over here at Weagle for putting all of that together. If you want to know about more events like that when they come up, you can follow at Auburn UPC on Instagram and at Auburn Circle on Instagram as well. I believe that was announced on both of those accounts. And of course, that was an open mic night. So if you are in the music business, or if you just want to go at and go for the first time, I know we had a performer named Isaiah last night who did his first ever performance in front of people last night. It was pretty cool. He played a John Mayer song, which I cannot be mad at. So that was awesome. And if you like live music, um, we got we got the hook up once again because WEGL is presenting Auburn Stages tonight. That is a live concert series put on by Dylan who is our fabulous live events coordinator. That's going to be 5 p.m. tonight on the Cater Lawn. Uh, You can go to at W-E-G-L underscore A-U. Check out our Instagram for all the information there. Or you can just stick around and listen to the rest of the show because we got Dylan coming on the show in the second hour to discuss all things Auburn Stages and get you hyped up for this performance tonight by Sage. So we are excited to bring you that. We got a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. And I think I just saw... Bay marks poke his head in the window so get excited for that because the much anticipated return of everyone's favorite segment uniform factor is coming up later on on the show i'm jack hart joined alongside davis carroll we're bringing you compact discourse live on wegl 91.1 fm we'll be right back after these messages Good morning and welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack hard joined alongside Davis Carroll and joining us in the booth for his inaugural appearance on Compact Discourse. It is the one and only Mr. Bay Marks of the scoreboard coming in hot, joining us on this fine Thursday morning on the second day of September in 2021. Bay Marks, it is so good to see you again. How are you
2: doing this fine Thursday morning? Good morning, Jack. I'm good. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on. Davis, of course. Good to see you as well. Um, it's been a while since I've been on the mic with either of y'all. I think the last time... Oh, man. Um, definitely probably one of the um, remote broadcasts for uh, Jared Dillard show, The Extra Point, back during quarantine, because I don't think I was able to do any of it last year due to my schedule. But yeah, uh feels great to be back with you fellas on the mics. It is good to have you as well. Now, I want to... I want to posit this trivia question over
0: to you because we did have a response sent in over the break on Twitter. That's at C-Disc-A-U if you want to take a stab at it as well. The trivia question, of course, is themed around the fact that your Auburn Tigers are taking on the Akron Zips this Saturday evening in Jordan-Hare Stadium under the lights. And Akron's mascot is, of course, a kangaroo, which is a very iconic animal in the Australian world. Now, uh, as a result of this, the Australian coat of arms does feature the kangaroo sitting on one side of it, w- but there's also another animal on the other side of it and three more animals on the coat of arms itself. And so the trivia question is to name any other th- of the other four animals that are on the Australian coat of arms. We did have a response to that come in over the break. Ashley Winfrey, once again, weighing in on the trivia question. Thank you, Ashley. She responded with a kookaburra, a kiwi, or a bald eagle. And unfortunately, that is not correct, because a kookaburra can fly, kiwis live in New Zealand, and a bald eagle, of course, while we love them here in Auburn, are not native to Australia. So, a few more hints regarding what is on the Australian coat of arms. Uh, Of course, there are four animals that aren't a kangaroo. Three of them are birds. One is a flightless bird. This flightless bird kind of looks like an ostrich, and it is one of the national symbols of Australia and the other two birds, there might've been a famous Russian ballet
2: about one of them. So, man, that's see, it's tough. Cause you said they're all like indigenous to Australia, right? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, you know, y- so, y- so you can bring, uh, one of them isn't one of them is a, is a,
0: is a four legged animal that a, a Disney film was produced about, that kind you're of giving,
1: mir- you're just giving the answers. Else, no well, he's got to help
0: somebody like me out. I'm not as intelligent as our no one's as our listeners. I mean, there's there's a Disney film about it, and it kind of, it's, it's a lot like Hamlet. So if you know if hmm. you know your Shakespearean plays, and you know your four legged, uh, your beasts, your kings of certain biomes, if you will, that might just find it on the Australian coat of arms. So bay, you figured it out over there yet? Bay? While, while you ponder that, I will um, pause it. I know. You're not in the music sphere of, of Weagle, but um, just we've, we've been having a lot of music chat lately. We had JP and Will Root on the show yesterday, which I'd love to have them back every Wednesday for mm-hmm. a Weagle Wednesday discussion. I'd love to have them back next week to talk music, and Javis and I talked about Kanye in the first hour, so oh, yeah, what have you been listening to lately, Bay? Well, here's the deal
2: with me. You may look at me and think, I don't have such great taste in music. <laughs> which you might be right. Compared to all the great DJs here at Weagle, I probably don't have the most diverse taste in music. Um, of course, with me, lately you're, you're going to get a lot of country music. You know, um, Lately, here, I'm looking at my Spotify playlist right now. Recently, Riley Green came out with one of his more recent albums. It only had about six or seven songs on it, which I don't know if that classifies as an EP or not. I'm
1: not sure how that works.
2: It just really depends
1: on what the artist says
2: Honestly, okay. i think it's an album from yeah i understand i've been listening to him a little bit with if it wasn't for trucks uh i always love some luke combs from morgan wallen but here's the real kicker of what i've been listening to lately i was on tiktok i know you're on tiktok jack that's, are you, that's are you on tiktok that's, that's
0: a dependent clause this- <laughs> with which a lot of sad stories usually start
2: <laughs> well here's the thing this isn't a sad tiktok song well this guy made this tiktok And um, he was like, listen to the lyrics of this song and realize how sad and strong it is. And it's by the Lumineers. Okay. It's Ho Hey," which obviously a lot of people, you probably don't know that off the bat, but if you listen to it, you're probably like, oh, I've heard this song before. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to that and Sleep on the Floor by them. um, And it's kind of been eye-opening because I didn't really realize how how good of music that the Lumineers really made. Um, I don't know what their most recent music is, but I definitely need to... dive deeper into what they've made more recently but uh those are two of the probably the most like great songs i've been listening to lately just on my ride home i've been trying to trying to sing those at the top of my lungs but other than that man just really just a lot of my country with luke combs morgan Wallen, different different guys and whatnot but uh yeah keep on keeping on stick yeah. with what you know yeah just stick with what i know it's my happy music see i don't have to, I, a lot of people are different with their music some people like to learn a new song every day some people like to hear a new band every day. Sometimes you, you just want your comfort music. That's right. I mean, I like live on my on-repeat playlist on Spotify.
0: Yeah. I don't touch the daily mixes. I don't touch the rewinds. You know what? I. You know what, Spotify? I know
2: what I want to hear. Right. And just give it to them, give me that. See, so, and I don't know if y'all have had this experience. Like, do you have Spotify? Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have had this experience, and this isn't a shot at Spotify, but sometimes they'll give me that recommended playlist, mm-hmm. and I'll get three or four songs deep into it, and I'm just like, this doesn't really fit my, my
1: mold. Like, I don't really enjoy any of this. The algorithm, if you listen to, like, one or two songs from a certain genre, like, close together, then you'll have, you'll have, like, a daily... I listen. I remember, like, last year when I was driving... Not last year. A few months ago, like, before somewhere I was driving home, I listened to a few movie soundtrack stuff. And now, every once in a while, I still get a daily mix for movie soundtracks. And right. I'm like, I don't even listen to that uh, that much. Maybe he knows I'm friends with Alex, because that's all he listens to. <laughs> God bless you. They know you have a podcast. They must. They're trying to get me to say... Uh, movie soundtracks during it. Now I will give them this. I do love the. In December every year, I look forward to the yearly recaps when
2: it gives you like your statistics and mm. who you most listened to. Of mm-hmm. course, my most listened to podcast, the scoreboard. Uh, <laughs> you listen to your own podcast, <laughs> dude. Got to perfect my crap. Yeah, sound check. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: understandable. Hey, do football players watch game tape. That's not <laughs> the same thing. It is. Yeah it is. I don't know if it is. Maybe one day you'll you'll host a podcast and you'll understand. Oh, Nat, Nat,
1: you just you just went from that's for your podcast to now I don't own a podcast. This year my second most listened to podcast should
2: be Compact Discourse. That's what we, we like, like to hear. What about your 91. What about your
1: third most?
2: That's that's Classified. What? All right. All right, all right Bay, have you ever played Minecraft before? Okay, can I tell a really quick story about this? Because I know where it's going. Oh, go ahead. So <laughs> I, I knew what Minecraft was in high school, and I'm sure it was out in middle school. And my friend Josh Doherty, uh, from high school, I went to his house one night for a spend-the-night party. And uh, this was, like, maybe freshman or sophomore year. Everybody goes to bed at, like, 1 or 2 a.m. I kid you not, I stay up the entire night because I found out how fun Minecraft was. So I went home on my Xbox 360, downloaded Minecraft for, like, $20, and I played for, like, four days straight, and I just... I may have slept like a total of 10 hours. But yes, I do know what it is because of that experience. I haven't really played it much since then, but yes, I'm a little familiar with it. Fair
0: enough. I've also kind of, I think, hung up my pickaxe, as it were, and and retired. But um, the reason I bring it up is because, of course, yesterday we had a fabulous interview with Chris Smith, Mm -hmm. who is taking on the – or inherited and is taking on the challenge of continuing the project to completely recreate the entire city and University of Auburn. In the world of Minecraft using in entirely just just blocks so pretty cool project we have going on there um, if you want to hear that interview you can uh, go to our podcast from yesterday um, it's called uh, block party featuring Auburn Minecraft project check that out wherever you get your podcasts or if you go to the WEGL YouTube page I snipped out the 30-minute interview and you can watch that with some pretty cool visuals um, I took some pictures from his Twitter handle which is at MC Aubie, and I added them to the show. So go ahead and check that out if you are a
2: Minecraft fan or just an Auburn fan interested in what the heck is going on in this computer game. I saw that interview because I saw where uh, uh, I was unable to listen to the show yesterday, I did a class, but Jack had put the link out on Twitter, and I listened to a good bit of it. And just looking at what he's made and kind of the popularity on social media, he's grown somewhat overnight. I mean, I think he gained, I don't know if he mentioned it he on the show like yesterday. 800 or something. Yeah, he right. gained like a crazy amount of followers with, within like a few days span. I mean, how much of a hand do you think compact Discourse had in
0: that? We'll see. I think I think come come the weekend he'll he'll be thanking us. <laughs> We're gonna ask the uh, the data team in the back to take a look at that for us. They're, they're gonna have to build Weagle after that. Yeah. So thank you once again to Chris for coming on the show. And I did I did talk to him on Twitter a little bit. He says if he ever ends up mm-hmm. getting to the interior of the student center and wants to build the Weagle
2: suite, I know we'd all happy be happy to hop on the server and help him out with that. See, and well. I guess, yeah, I guess he can go inside the student center, obviously, and build inside of it. See, like, and that's the thing is, like, on Twitter, he also points stuff out that a lot of other people don't notice. like our own Caleb Jones from WEGL. Um, he pointed out on Twitter that from the sky, Haley Center is in the shape of a capital H, and then the student center right next door is in the shape of a lowercase h. Fun fact. I'm going to have to res- do some research
0: on that. You wouldn't have known that if you hadn't seen above. I really from wouldn't have. Yeah. In, 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 in Minecraft. All right, so how about that? Um, so we are ready to, I mean, once again, we had an open mic night last night, partnering with UPC and the circle. It was a lot of fun. Um, and there's more events coming up. You just need to go to Auburn UPC on Instagram. Uh, I think they're having a movie night tonight upstairs in the student center with a uh, free popcorn and drinks. So I think that's 7:30 tonight. If you want to head over to the ballroom tonight, I absolutely free for students
2: So just check in with your mobile event pass and you can watch Mortal Kombat tonight in the Mm. Student Center Ballroom. See, they did like the movie in the stadium last semester. Mm -hmm. And I know it was last fall too because they did uh, Endgame in the spring and then the last fall they did Harry Potter. It was very cool. It was cool. Yeah. And So yeah, we are happy to partner with UPC
0: to bring you some fantastic events throughout the year. Well, we are going to head to a quick break and when we come back, the much-anticipated return of Uniform Factor as I hand the laurels over to Bay Marks. And you know what? College football starts for real this Saturday. I know UAB played last night. I know Hawaii played last Saturday. But the real games start this weekend, and plenty of teams are wearing new uniforms. So you know we have to talk about that. We'll be right back to comeback Discourse in a few minutes. Good morning, Auburn, and welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, or watching live on our YouTube screen, or after the fact on Eagle Eye TV, or the video on demand. You might be listening to our podcast as well, wherever you get your podcasts. My podcast player of choice is Spotify. So just search for Compact Discourse, look for that orange and blue CD logo, and enjoy the entire backlog of shows commercial-free. All right, we are jumping right back into things. Here is 8.32 in the morning, which means it is time for your Auburn, Alabama weather report. I am your host, of course, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll and Bay Marks, special guest on the show today. We also have Dylan Basden Coming up later in the show to give you a preview of Auburn Stages, which is going on tonight at 5 p.m. on the Cater Lawn. So if you're on campus and looking for some live music, be sure to check out Auburn Stages tonight, 5 p.m. on the Cater Lawn. All right. Right now in Auburn, Alabama, it is 73 degrees and the the clouds have parted and it is sunny once again. Your high is 87. Your low is 68 today. So once again, unseasonably cool for this early autumn morning. It is 78 degrees Uh, this morning. It will get up to 86 this afternoon. Zero percent chance of rain, though. So a welcome relief after Tropical Storm Ida slung some rain our way. And then tonight it'll get down to 74 with a 69 degree temperature overnight. So go ahead and enjoy Weagle's lineup of shows tonight as you sit out on your porch and enjoy the stars. So let's talk a little bit of sports while we have you here, Bay Marks. I know you are excited for your show today. The scoreboard is getting turned on today at
2: two. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah, two o'clock. Actually, we talked about it on the show last week. It's normally four to five, but uh, due to my co-host's selfishness, we have moved to two o'clock. So thank you, Jacob. Whoa, calling them out! out. I've been with Jacob long enough. It's like we're almost like a married couple. I just call him out, and it doesn't matter. It's like me and Alex. No, y'all fight like a married couple. That's different. <laughs> we should there should be a
1: combined episode to see how that goes. Oh man. We c- that episode would last hours. That's my formal that's my formal uh uh invitation. Uh, yeah. 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 No, but our show well, does, we don't have a sports show anymore, so yeah. Never mind. That's Fain okay. That. You can make a comeback. But our show the, through the lens through the scoreboard. Through the scoreboard.
2: But the scoreboard does come on today from like Jack said from two to three. If you want to tune into that, we will be previewing Auburn's game versus Akron. Other big college football games this weekend, like Clemson and Georgia, the NFL, you name it, we'll probably talk about it. All
0: right, and speaking of the MLB, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it until the second hour, but the big headline from last night is that with a sweep of the Braves and a Giants loss, the Los Angeles Dodgers are now in sole possession of the NL West, and I believe the one seed in the National League. Immediate reactions to that one, Bay?
2: I mean, that's just a star-studded team. Uh, and I, honestly, I think the bigger headline in that division was honestly the Giants, how they've performed this season, especially acquiring Chris Bryant the likes uh, through the trade deadline. Um, but, man, that I think that's going to set up a very interesting postseason, not only for the National League, but I also think, think the American League with Tampa Bay, Boston, New York, other teams here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I think we're in for a very memorable playoff stretch right now. Yeah, especially for the first time in two years
0: we've had a normal playoffs. It's right. gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Right. Um and yeah, I think something I've been mentioning on the show all week is that we're shaping up to have some really interesting postseason matchups. Yeah. Um maybe a Yankees Sox, maybe a Dodgers Giants. Yeah. That'd be a pretty interesting
2: combination if it if those teams get to go seven with one another. Yeah. Seeing Boston fighting off Oakland right now for a wild card spot and we, unfortunately, have been getting our brains beat in by Tampa Bay. I think we lost the series two games to one, um, so they're just red hot. The Yankees obviously went on that like 13-game winning streak, so they're obviously ahead of us in the standings. Um, so Alex Cora and the recently returned Chris Sale, um, them the Red Sox got to figure it out here here soon.
0: All righty, and with that, we are going to move on to everyone's favorite segment here on The Extra Point. Slash Compact Discourse. It's Uniform Factor. Get ready.
2: Now, form factor is a term I learned in my occupational safety and ergonomics class. Does powder blue ever look bad? Ever. Absolutely not. I can't name one team. That's the worst one I've ever seen. I mean, part of the fun of throwbacks is that we're all in on the joke that they look terrible. Bird is Ooh. awful, but the jerseys themselves are sick.
1: Dude, this is clean, oh, man. man. They win, they rock and eat.
0: Any thoughts on this Browns-Broncos matchup, Carter? The game itself? The uniforms were live with uniform factor. (laughs) I loved that. That You guys guys like
2: that? That was awesome. That is fun. I I never heard that I forgot how funny that was. (laughs) I did a a great
0: job on that. (laughs) All right. So let's hop right into things. You can uh, peer around those monitors and take a look at the first jersey we're looking at. Or you can, if you are listening to the show, you can head on over to WEGL's YouTube page to see what we're looking at. But. I'll do my best job to describe them to you. The first team we are taking a look at is the University of Missouri out of the SEC. They have switched their full-time uniform to something a little more traditional. Uh, Missouri is outfitted, of course, by Nike, and they have gone for a very classic look for the 2021 season. I know in in the past they've dabbled around with a little graphite, a little weird hooked fonts um, some italicization and some tiger stripes but it seems like nike and mizzou have gotten back to the basics on this one Uh, they've unveiled two jerseys so far um, and they are pretty cool so the first one being their road jersey uh, features a black helmet with the classic oval tiger logo on either side a pretty standard white jersey black numbers yellow piping and down the pants you have a yellow and black stripe as well so very similar to auburn's jerseys with the power stripe on the shoulders and helmet crest but pretty clean look overall black jersey looks to be the home jersey will be the same situation same helmet black jerseys yellow numbers white piping and yellow pants So, pretty cool look out of Columbia, Missouri. What are your immediate reactions to these, Bay?
2: Like you said earlier, I think both jerseys overall, a very clean look. Um, A lot of teams, when they try to go back to more of a traditional style look or they change in general, they try to do too much when they can do more with less. I think that's what Missouri understood with this assignment was, we can do more with less. Overall, I think it was a a success. Immediate reactions, if we're going to go ahead and talk about the white ones, um, I think they look great. I do like how you mentioned, Jack, how they have the striping on the side, the Northwestern stripes, I believe they're called, on the helmet and on the sleeves. These colors go great with that sort of concept, and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that traditional look that they're going for. Um, Something with both of the uniforms, though, and I don't know if either of you noticed this, and I don't know if this is just going to be Missouri, is the SEC patch like very large? It's big, especially contrasted with The Missouri
0: logo, which I believe is on the collar, and the Nike logo are very small.
2: Yeah, and and that was a point I was going to make was, A, like the SEC logo, like that's huge, which is fine. um, But like Jack said, that kind of contrasts towards that Missouri Tiger logo, which I believe they used to have Mizzou written across the chest. Um, So I don't mind them taking Mizzou off. I think that still would have been a cool look, but the tiger head logo makes up for it. But again, if you're going to have that ginormous SEC logo right there, make sure that that Nike logo, which I guess it's fine, but also that tiger head make sure it is closer
1: in size as well. What do you think, Davis? I think they're pretty good. I don't really have any complaints. I'm not as big of a uniform fanatic as you two, so... I mean, like, I have my fanaticism for other things that involve design, that being movie posters and album covers. There you go. But, like, if if I like the colors of a uniform and I think it looks cool, even if it really isn't cool, I'll just be like, that's pretty cool. I'm not going to be like... The size of the Nike logo is not up to snuff for my liking. The only
2: thing I will say before we stop talking about this 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 uniform is, and this is similar to Auburn's uniforms, is I wish that the pants, the striping on the pants, matched the other stripes. Yeah, they just can't seem to get that right, can they?
0: Um, something I noticed about these, I do you think, all right, these are kind of like a simple classic look. It is... And Nike seems to have been transitioning away from, you know, the gradients and patterns from the, from the late 2010s to this new clean uh, kind of throwback look. Do you think it runs the risk of uniforms starting to be a little bit too samey? Because these kind of look like the Georgia throwbacks. They kind of look like what South Carolina wears. Obviously, they look like what Auburn wears already. Do you think these brands are distinct enough to where it doesn't really matter? Kind of like how back in the day, college basketball uniforms were all pretty much the same thing, just in different colors, same fonts even. Um, I I think that would be the case if Mizzou was going with traditional block numbering. But as you can see uh, on these, the numbering is pretty much that iconic Mizzou fast-looking italicized font.
2: Yeah, and that was something that I had also noticed was... um, some of the numbers, like I'm looking at here right here on uniswag.com, like the number eight and the number three, they look very blocked off and traditional. But then there's a picture of uh, one of their players wearing the number 18. The eight, again, looks very traditional. But then, like you just said, the one looks very modernized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a message that needs to be coincided with it's either going to be a traditional look or they're going to continue going with the uh, progressive look that, that Missouri has been a test particle of the last several years. Um But like you were trying to ask earlier was, I think that is some very thin ice to walk on. Um, Because I think if, like you said, if a lot of teams Mm -hmm. and a lot of branding companies do this, they could be going towards the same. Even in
0: the past two years, we've seen both A&M and Arkansas Mm -hmm. basically strip down their uniform to the brass tacks. And they look very similar now if it weren't for the different shades of red. Right. So we'll see what the future of uniform hold as we continue to move through this one. Something I am pretty excited about for this Missouri one is... Maybe seeing a pair of black pants get added to that look for an all-black look at home, or I can even see, you know, the black the black helmet with the yellow pants on the road could be a pretty great look. You know, I'm I'm a yeah. sucker for the for the for the trifecta, the triple stack.
2: Yeah, I was about saying and this, and there's not a lot of teams that can pull it off, but Missouri is a school with the colors that can have three different uniforms.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure thing. All right, so let's move on to our next look before we hit a break, and that is going to be Arizona State. The Sun Devils. I know, Davis, you had mentioned that you were a big fan of the Sparky logo. He looks so cool. He's so fun looking. He is featured on the helmet of this one. Arizona State is going to wear these September 25th versus Colorado in that Pac 12 matchup. These are being billed as a reverse retro. Now, if you don't know what that is, Adidas or Adidas, as I like to call them, have rolled out this program called Reverse Retro in the NHL, where all 31 teams in the NHL got a throwback jersey with the colors basically inverted. So the Nashville Predators, uh, for example, just off the top of my head, it's the one I remember the best. Their old inaugural jersey was a navy blue jersey with yellow and silver piping. And so the reverse retro jersey is going to be a gold jersey with blue and silver piping. So it's basically taking an old look and putting a modern spin on it by inverting the colors. And what Adidas has done here is taken Arizona State's Kind of 80s and 90s look and uh, with maroon with gold piping and they have made the jerseys gold very striking desert sun yellow with maroon and actually kind of old gold metallic um, look Um, some some interesting things to note here is the arizona flag pattern on not only the shoulder but also the gloves which look really cool and the gold piping on the college block numbering so What do you guys think about these Arizona State kits to be worn on September 25th versus Colorado?
2: My first uh, comment was going to be what you just mentioned. The fact that, well, overall, I'll start with this. They knocked this one out of the park. I mean, these are great uniforms. The only complaint I would have is what you just mentioned, Jack, where they have the gold piping around the number. I wish they just would have put it around the name, too, because you can see that gold also... On the shoulder caps within that um, Arizona, I believe that's a state flag, if yeah, I'm not it is. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's gold piping in that. I think if they just would have put a very thin line just around the numbers, around the words Arizona State across the chest, I think overall that is the only nitpicky thing I would have changed about this. But overall, especially with the Sun Devil on the helmet, I mean, mm-hmm. these things are phenomenal. It's a lot harder for me to critique uh, a uniform you're just gonna wear for for one game. Yeah, and that's true. If th- if this was gonna be something that they wore permanently, that's a change I'd like to make. But like you just mentioned, if it's a temporary, uh, uniform for one
1: game, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, and Davis, I think if you're gonna do a retro jersey, you have to do something like this. Like you were, like you were saying with the last one. I think this also applies to like the new wave of making fake vintage stuff mm-hmm. for like shirts and stuff, where it like looks vintage but it really isn't because it it all has like the same cookie cutter kind of thing with the sports jerseys and even uh some I mean NBA doesn't really count cuz they just kind of do like their actual throwback jerseys but like with the football one they all have the stripes uh with vintage shirts it's all kind of like the same you maybe see a NASCAR on it with like you know y'all y'all know what I mean yeah, it's just yeah, it just yeah, really yeah. comes really samey kind of loses all its flavor all the things that made it cool in the first place So I think if you're going to make something retro, do it like this because this looks awesome. I absolutely love this.
0: Awesome. So we're going to head to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be looking at even more uniforms up until Bay has to get out of here at 9 a.m. We're talking University of Washington 1991 throwbacks. We're talking Kansas 1920 throwbacks to get ready for homecoming. And we are talking Maryland's 1980s throwbacks. So get hyped for that. Don't go anywhere, all that and more on the other side of this break on Compact Discourse. Good morning, Auburn, and welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart. Joined alongside Davis Carroll and special guest Bay Marks, host of The Scoreboard, every Thursday at 2 p.m. right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I believe WEGL's longest-running sports talk show at this point now. Naturally,
2: a nationally-nominated sports talk show and award-winning sports talk show, yes. It's I will a, claim
0: that. It's a running bit that I don't have mi- base mic turned on. It's yeah. an inside joke.
2: We'll do that every time I'm on.
0: So we are going to jump right back into uniform factor. Sound that we've got Bay marks here. I know his time is very valuable, so we aren't going to waste any of it. We are jumping right back in with the next one we're going to talk about is if the slideshow will progress these 1991 throwbacks for the Washington Huskies, the year that they won the national championship
2: back in the day. That's pretty, I mean, 30 years ago at this point, that's crazy when it's. When it's 2040 and Auburn does the 2010 throwbacks, they'll just be their normal uniforms. Can't wait. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, uh, first glance at these. They're obviously throwbacks, so you can tell due to the font. Um, I think the font honestly looks great. Um, I'm looking at these pictures right now on my phone, and I believe I'm trying to find the side view of the helmet. I believe isn't the husky on the side of the helmet? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a great look. I love that.
0: Um, so yeah, these are allegedly a throwback to the 1991 season, but like I found one from the 1991 season and it's on the right there. They did not wear these. They had to take some creative license. I mean, they don't even look close. They added stripes on the shoulders. Um, the pants have the, the, the panting Husky logo as they call it. Um, the open mouth Husky on top of that block W and then they added that logo to the helmet as well. So, I mean, these are pretty cool. I think... One of the greatest transformations in college football was what was when uh Washington went from Nike to Adidas in the past few years. I mean, Nike was doing some off the wall stuff up in uh up in Seattle with yeah. those uniforms.
2: No, Adidas has done some some very good by the Washington Huskies. I remember playing when Auburn played them in the opening Chick-fil-A game in twenty eighteen and I mean, they were obviously just their normal uniforms, but I think with their colors, they're just, again, another team that you can do a lot with because not a lot of teams wear purple Purple and gold. gold. Yeah. I mean, LSU claims they're purple and gold, but it's really purple Purple and yellow. yellow. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think Adidas is doing right by them. These uniforms, again... The font looks great for a throwback. A mo- I guess you could call this a modernized throwback. Mm-hmm. I guess that's probably the correct terminology for it. And then the little husky on top of the W is just a chef's kiss. Yeah. I think I think we call them a fauxback in that they didn't actually wear them, but it like kind of looks like they would have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So we are moving on. Not much to say about that one. And I don't even know when they're wearing them. So it's not their full-time jersey. They're probably wearing it for a game this season, but it has not been announced what that game is, unlike the rest of these in this slideshow. All right. Next up we have Maryland, who has unveiled a road version of the throwback jersey that they unveiled last year. They're going to wear these this Saturday against West Virginia in a nationally televised game. They are the road version, of course. They have a red helmet with the script Terps across both sides of the helmet. Also looks like it's on the visor of this model player, so that's pretty cool. Hope you can see through that. Um, And then you have the pretty unique shoulder stripe being asymmetric three different colors black yellow and red uh, of the maryland Terrapins. and then one of the most interesting details is that you have the throwback under armor logo as
2: well yeah i noticed that when i was first looking at it i was like what brand is that and i was like that's definitely just under armor um no but i'm obviously or not obviously i'm a very big sucker for script names on the helmet like the florida gators and i believe there's a there's a concept from Clint Richardson at Auburn Uniform Database. He did a concept with Auburn had uh, script Auburn on their helmet. I mean, I love that baseball script. Yeah, baseball script's great. Um, but these helmets to start off with, like Jack said, um, the script on the sides, they look great. The red with the white and the black outline, it pops. It looks great, especially with those white unis. Um, the uniforms themselves I honestly really like these two. I believe the numbers have some sort of gradient in the middle. Um I can't really tell cuz these pictures are kind of small that I'm looking at on my phone. They do.
0: The um the 21 that is the model picture uh and the number 5 yeah. that is also a model ha- has in the middle kind of that fade out look. Not quite a gradient, but
2: that's not something an Under Armour like will typically do either.
0: No, and if you it, the, the if you want to go to uniswag.com and look at these new uniforms there's even more pictures of them you can see that there's a lot of kind of that gel dry fit that gets um, that Under Armour likes to use on a lot of details I believe that's Terps appears on the pants and that in that material and also the gloves and collars have that as well so I think the numbers are just an outgrowth of that
2: yeah the only I mean and again Maryland a school with several colors and they all really go together the yellow red and black honestly I Normally, I would like to see a little more of the yellow, but I think the little touch of yellow on the shoulders and knees and the middle stripe, um, and a little bit of a yellow tint within the visor on the front, like Jack said, that says terps on it, I think that's a perfect amount. It looks like a coral snake.
1: Oh. Was it red before? Was it?
0: Red touching yellow hurts a fellow? Yep. Well, Fortunately for West Virginia, red is not touching yellow, as right. far as I can tell. Yes,
1: it is. I mean, it's not touching, but they're right beside each other. Man. I thought you were going for the colorblind moment. We'll get there eventually,
0: whether I want it or not. (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on to the next jersey. Uh, Let's see if I can... Okay. All right, Vanderbilt from the SEC. They are also switching up their full-time uniform. No more chains, no more anchors, no more stars even. Vanderbilt has gone old school, and they have gone... Nice, clean, and crisp. With this one, brought to you by Nike. And once again, well, I I'd, I'd
2: say the SEC logo is a good size. Would I be Would it be wrong of me to say that it's about time Vanderbilt did something right with their football program? I mean, that, I think that's completely on base. I mean, these are these are very nice. Again, they they did more with less. Like Jack said, took away the star, which, in my opinion, I said this in our group chat a few weeks ago. The star and the V. Is just a little too much. The block V itself could do. It
0: takes up a lot of real estate, too. Yeah. In order to make the V a normal size, you need about six times that space to fit all the prongs of the star. As someone who works, who dabbles in graphic design, the Vanderbilt logo is a little tricky to deal with.
2: Right. I mean, the block V itself, if they just left it alone like they did on the helmet right here. No other school starts with V. No. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, that looks great. Obviously, another school with colors that could look really good. Um, I'm surprised they didn't come out with a gold uni that would have looked sick. And one, I, I don't know if this is necessarily a complaint. The black uniforms, it says Vanderbilt in gold and it has gold stripes on the shoulders. looks great with the white number. But then if you look at the white uniform, the only thing I would have changed was put Vanderbilt in black across the chest instead of in uh, gold. It's a little tough to read in the gold on top of the white with no outlining, but that's my only complaint about these. I mean,
1: they look great. Uh, let the record show, you said no other school starts with V. Uh, no other school that uses black and gold. Vanderbilt. There, I moved the. Oh, you
0: moved, moved the, the gold post. Okay. You, go. Okay. you help carry. In I retract my statement then. All right, and and I know we can't <laughs> catch a break. You know, matching the stripes because okay, the helmet now matches the pants stripe, but the shoulder stripe, and it matches neither of them. Uh, yeah. So that's,
2: that's and again, that's just another consistency issue. I feel like if it was a little more consistent with the striping, I mean, and again, the Vanderbilt across the chest, but overall. They did a great job with these unis. Um, I don't think the black one necessarily needed an outline outside of the number, but the white one possibly did with the black. It looks a little bland without an outline, but I'm not going to be super picky because, again, I really like them.
0: All right. Well, it looks like we only have time for one more, and I think we're going to go to Arizona, who has also unveiled a new full-time uniform. So lots of teams completely switching up their look, and a lot of Nike teams as well. So it looks like Nike is continuing to wheel back the craziness that they rolled out um, in the past few years. Arizona is rocking a super classic look throwback to the 80s and 90s when they probably had their most successful seasons and this one is super cool. The word of the day for me is asymmetry. That's my favorite thing to see in a uniform and we got it right here so take it away Bay.
2: One thing I will say is initially looking at these and you could even argue this for the last uniforms we looked at it with Vanderbilt the shoulders nearly give off somewhat of a Adidas, or like Jack says, an Adidas vibe. Um, it, Design-wise, it's very similar. I'm, I don't think I'm as big as a fan of, the, of these as a lot of other people are. Um, if you have the blue one up, let me look. Yeah, you have the blue one up. Is, is it just me, or are the red and white stripes on top of each other on the blue uniforms, on the shoulders, and then on the white ones, it's red, white, and then blue? Uh, it's it's red, white, and blue on both, but because it's a blue jersey, you can't see the blue stripe. See, and that's that's probably just being nitpicky. I would have rather had like a, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think the the deal with these
0: is that when you're playing in a in a league like the Pac-12, where zany uniforms are the whole thing, I think bring bringing a nice, crisp, clean one to the matchup it provides some good contrast. Right. Like, I mean, if you're coming up, a, if you're playing these against like some highlighter Oregon uniforms you're gonna be the ones that stand out not oregon
2: yeah and again i mean at least they're being consistent with their striping again on the helmet it's a red white and blue uh pattern they have that on the shoulder stripe um the number with the font is fine um i don't see anything across the chest i know every now and then some teams and they reveal new uniforms they don't really put anything across the chest um But, again, like I said, I'm not a super big fan of these. I do like how they kept the Arizona helmets. I've always liked their helmets, especially with the blue face mask, that sort of contrast. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's because it reminds me of Auburn or not. Overall, though, like I said, not a huge fan of these. I think they could have done a little bit more. Sure
0: thing. Yeah, and I just love that asymmetrical helmet stripe. If, if, If anything, that's my big takeaway for this one. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this first hour of compact discourse we want to thank you so much for listening but don't go anywhere because we still have another hour of the show we are going to have to say goodbye to bay marks though as he has bigger and better things to do this morning but you can listen to him this today at 2 p.m right here on weglfm.com and wegl 91.1 the scoreboard is turning on at 2 p.m to talk all things sports We've also got Jacob Hillman, who I'm gonna to try to wrangle into the studio for the second hour, so don't go anywhere. And welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, or however you may be listening to us today or watching as we are once again live on the WEGL YouTube page. We also get a video on demand uploaded as well, and you can watch the replay on Eagle Eye TV. That is Channel 6 on campus if you feel so inclined. You can also listen to our podcast 100% commercial free for any of our episodes going back to last week and many, many months into the future. So just search for Compact Discourse on your podcast player of choice. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll and Jungle President Jacob Hillman. It's an honor once again to have you in the booth with us for another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. We had one half of the scoreboard, Bay Marks, from the first hour, and now we have the other half of the scoreboard, Mr. Jacob Hillman. That show is on Thursdays, which is today at 2 p.m. So keep that dial right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Hillman, you making it through the week. How's your Thursday going?
3: Today, it really felt like game week. It, there's a nice chill in the air. Maybe not anymore because it, it's, it's mid morning by now, but when walking to my 8 a.m., it really felt like. Okay, it's fall, it's game week. I'm ready for Albert Akron on Saturday. So that that was an exciting feeling when I walked out of my apartment this morning.
2: It
0: is a intangible feeling. You you can't right. you can't buy it in a store.
3: And earlier in this week, you know, I knew it was game week, but you know, the hurricane and the rain and all of that, that made it not feel as good. So
0: I'm ready for Saturday. I am ready for Saturday as well. I want to remind you at this point, trivia question still pending. Of course, Akron is taking on Auburn Tigers this Saturday evening in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Akron's mascot is, of course, a kangaroo, which is found on the Australian coat of arms. you can name any of the other four animals found on the Australian coat of arms, you win a brand-new, shiny shout-out on Compact Discourse. If you need some hints, I got them for you right here. Three of them are birds. One of them is a flightless bird. One of the birds has a famous Russian ballet named after it. And the animal that isn't a bird? Well, there's a lovely Disney movie about it, based off the Shakespearean play Hamlet. So, those are your hints. Go crazy! Don't look it up. Let's have some fun. I I I'll be honest. I have no idea. I have zero guess. I All right. Know. Then 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 the then the prize is still pending. <laughs> Go ahead. And I, I, I will not be winning the prize. Thank so. you for thank you to Ashley who, who <laughs> as JP texted me the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you for to Ashley for sending in a response, although it was not correct. But she did throw in a bald eagle, which we love to hear that here at WEGL. That is our namesake, after all. Right. All right. Davis, I think you have a little sports news you wanted to bring up.
1: I have two things to bring up. Okay, great. The first one's not as important. We're going to move fast, real quick. Paul Millsap signed with the Nets. Interesting. Super this, team. The second yeah. one uh, that we mentioned earlier, an update on it, about Joe Rogan catching COVID, uh, he said that he took ivermectin, which is a horse dewormer, which is very toxic, according to the FDA. So, uh, good for him. And let me, in this, let me read you a little excerpt from this article about it. Uh, it said, uh, about the FDA stating that the drug is to- dangerous and can be, can cause serious harm. And the next line says, Rogan, who has in the past labeled himself as a blanking moron, just whose pronunciation should be viewed in that context. So, uh, yeah, Joe Rogan took a horse dewormer to get over COVID, and I guess we'll see how that goes for him in the next coming months. Yeah, if there's any – I mean, he doesn't have to worry about horse worms. I guess. Uh, That's that's a silver lining. I I just don't know what what made him think, (laughs) oh, yeah, I have COVID. I think a horse dewormer will be the best thing to take that out. I would imagine – I would hope a doctor – recommended it to him I don't, I don't think many doctors i don't would. think he did i don't think he even went to the doctor okay. he said he he went to sleep and he felt like chills and stuff and the next day he they quarantined and he he threw the kitchen sink at it in quotes you know what i've had these horse deworming pills in my medicine cabinet for four years yeah, get them. did he go to a
0: vet T- today's the day
1: <laughs> yeah. i think i don't think he got over covid i think his body just forgot about covid and is dealing with the horse deworming <laughs> yeah medicine. that's honestly
0: he didn't recover from covid he recovered from horse deworming <laughs> pills
1: if you can survive that, you can survive COVID. All right. What's the
0: next big UFC event, Hillman? That will be UFC 266 on September
3: 25th. It's a big one. Ortega faces. Ah, I forget who he faces. But it, it's it's kind of a stacked card. It's not a stacked as a November one. But, yeah, Volkanovski versus Ortega for the featherweight uh, title. But it, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, also, Valentina Shivajenko and Lauren Murphy fight for the women's flyweight title. So it's a bunch of... It's a, bunch of little, it's a bunch of small people fighting, a bunch of lightweights, uh, yeah. but it's then a, also... It's a me and Hillman kind of fight. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is the big one, though. Welterweight bout between Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. That's been in the making for probably a decade now. Their are third time fighting. They're really old, but they're fighting for five rounds, so everyone's excited for that.
0: All right. Well, I hope Joe Rogan's over his, his ailment by then so he can we can get some hilarious uh, ringside interviews. Well, I
1: don't know. He might have been... I feel like what does it say exactly when he had COVID? Because it was this past week. Okay, like but, he said Wednesday, which was yesterday. He said he felt great, and on and he got it Sunday or Monday. Okay, I think. He okay, said. I was gonna say because he did not broadcast
3: the 265 event in Houston, I, so I thought maybe they just delayed. Hey, i oh, By the way, I had COVID, so I guess not. 265 wasn't that great, so that's just probably why he didn't do that event.
1: They got to pull the get the athlete to take the horse dewormer pills out of Joe Rogan like that athlete oh, did to the dolphin.
0: You're going to have to take a horse dewormer pill to get your field passes on Saturday. No! <laughs> We're going to... Probably not. I don't know how many people would
3: actually take that. Well,
1: nah, I take that back. Iron-, I... Iron Bowl? What would you do for some tickets?
0: Iron Bowl? I might just take a horse dewormer. I work Jack, I don't, Rogan know if... If you... I don't know if you survive that, to be honest. You know how Joe Rogan's feeling after that <laughs> horse dewormer?
1: I feel completely recharged.
0: There you go. I mean, the, the soundboard speaks for itself. See, I didn't have my headphones on, but now I need to do that. Jesse? All right. Um. What? All right. So I know we discussed the the depth chart earlier in the week. How do you think? Um. Has there been any any rumblings? I know a few of us have our ear our or finger on the pulse of the program. What? I mean, what are you most excited to see now that we're moving from practice to under the lights game time? ESPN Plus.
3: Well, yeah. For, <laughs> fortunately. The, the first two games are pretty easy for Auburn. You have the one of the bottom two or three programs in the country. Akron is horrible. And then you've got Alabama State and FCS program that could probably beat Akron, but they're also just, they don't have the talent level even close to compete with Auburn. So you've got two weeks where you're going to see a lot of guys. The depth chart, I don't think, is as important this week as it will be when Auburn heads to Happy Valley in two to three weeks. So that's what I'm looking forward to is what guys – so this week you're going to have the starters. But what guys that come in later in the third quarter or in the second quarter play a lot against Alabama State because those are the guys that might have stepped up during practice this week or next week and played well against Akron to where they're going to make an impact against Penn State. So that's what I'm looking forward to, especially the playmakers because the receivers are so, so, so inexperienced. But – Obviously, if you have the running game with Tank Bigsby, we know how that's going to go. But I think Bo Nakes just needs a little bit of help. The candidates are DeBetrius Robinson. You've got Javarius Johnson, that starting receiver. And, of course, you've got the three guys that have been here, Kobe Hudson, Xavier Capers, and then Elijah Canyon, who did not appear
1: on the depth chart. So we'll see who steps up in that area. Do you think we could see a QB change if TJ no. Finley plays really good no. in his time? No. Not at all? No. Okay. Nope. Well, there you
0: go. All right, and a little more college football news. I know last night in Montgomery, the UAB Blazers took down the Jacksonville State Gamecocks in an in-state rivalry game as UAB, once a dead program, is now sparkling on a Wednesday night showcase where they opened up the season with a 31 to nothing drubbing of the Gamecocks. Johnston the 3rd, their quarterback, went 17 of 21 for 320 yards and two tutties. Their running back, Brown Jr., went for 14 carries for 78 yards and 6 points. And then Shropshire, the receiving leader, he caught 5 passes for 128 yards and a touchdown as well. So, congratulations to the UAB Blazers for opening up their season 1-0. I know we're all looking forward to October 2nd, UAB's home opener in that brand new stadium in downtown Birmingham.
3: And it's unfortunate that last night wasn't in Protective Stadium because, I mean, that was the biggest showcase for it because they were the only college football game last night. They were on ESPN. They were in the spotlight. And I'm sure every college football fan was watching it. And, you know, what I'll say is I don't think Jacksonville State's that bad, but I think UAB could be that good. So, well, see.
0: we shall see. I think Davis is going to have to get out of here. He's got to go make his speech for class. But I am hoping to be joined by Grayson Moyer on the other side of this break and Dylan Basden later in the show to give you a preview of Auburn Stages. You are listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. Back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside station manager Grayson Moyer for this next segment as we get ready for Dylan Bazin to come in and give that Auburn Stages preview that we have been hyping up throughout the day. We were excited for that one. We've got Jacob Hillman hanging out in the studio. He might be joining us for the end of the show as well, so don't go anywhere. Plenty of excitement. Once again, I want to remind everybody that we had a fabulous event last night in the Harold Melton Student Center upstairs by the Starbucks. There was an open mic night put on by Auburn UPC, The Circle, and WEGL, a fabulous event. It went amazing. And so if you don't want to miss out on future events like that, go ahead and follow at Auburn UPC, at Auburn Circle, and at WEGL underscore AU on Instagram to get updates about what is going on. I mean, there's plenty of free events throughout the year that you aren't going to want to miss. And also the Auburn Circle is now accepting submissions. So if you would like to be part of Auburn's literary and arts magazine, if you have prose, if you have poetry, if you have fashion, if you have photography, if you have anything you would like to get published in the Auburn Circle, that is now available for submission. So once again, go to Auburn Circle on Instagram for more information about that. Submissions do close on September 19th, so don't delay. Get on top of that right now. Grayson, how are you doing this fine Thursday morning? I know Hellman said it's starting to feel a little bit like game day. It was a little cooler than normal. The dew, the freshly cut grass, it's starting to feel like autumn.
4: I'm actually really, really excited about game day. I'm not even going to the game. It's just the first one that I get to, to work at for the you know the broadcast side, and I'm just, I'm really pumped about that. This is I've been waiting on this for a while.
0: I know, and I feel like a lot of people are waiting with bated breath to have the first real game day in Jordan-Hare Stadium yeah. since the uh, the 2019 Iron Bowl. So it's going to be good to be back. It's going to be good to see a new coach, a new team, a new look, a new experience for Auburn Tigers fans. And then we have two freshman classes, effectively, who have never really experienced a Jordan-Hare Stadium game day. So I'm super excited. Um, something I... Kind of, kind of bumped on earlier in the week is that I had a hard time with the fact that we didn't have our first game day until September twentieth of last year. So
4: is that like, forgive me for this. I only had experiences like a a freshman doing this, but normally we have like an away game in a you know equivalent of like a bowl somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, are we still not doing that just because of COVID or? Well, those are
0: happening. Um, So yeah, um, there's there's some marquee matchups going on uh, earlier in the season. But ours, our big game early in the season is, is against Penn State. Okay. So that's in that's in three weeks that we're traveling up to Pennsylvania to take on Penn State. But there are plenty of exciting games um, that are bowl-like uh, starting the season. Um, Georgia and Clemson are playing in Charlotte. Alabama and Miami are playing in Atlanta. And Notre Dame and Wisconsin are, believe, I believe, playing in Chicago. But... Uh, regardless of where they're playing, there are some pretty exciting matchups to kick off the season. It's just not Auburn's year, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. y- you got you can't play them every year.
4: And also, y'all y'all may have already discussed this before I was on here, but is Harson like out of quarantine? Is he gonna be at the game on Saturday?
0: Well, I mean, it would stand to reason considering.
4: I don't know how long it's been. I haven't kept up with it.
0: Right. I I think, I mean, you probably have a four-day delay between it happening and it becoming public. Sure. So I think a sufficient amount of time has passed. But if not, I know he's been running the team remotely, seems effectively, from what um, I don't exactly have my finger on the pulse of the football program. But from what I can glean from the B reporters, it appears to be a fairly smooth transition from remote. So we are excited for Auburn football This Saturday. And once again, I want to remind everybody of our trivia question um, before I have to spill the answer at the end of the show, because I'm not not carrying this question to another week because we won't be playing a kangaroo team next week. So, of course, Auburn University is taking on the Akron University Zips from Akron, Ohio, whose mascot is a kangaroo. Now, if you don't know this, Akron um, had a naming contest back in the day, I believe in the 40s to select a nickname for their team and zips was a popular kind of shoe. So I guess it invoked um, speed, athleticism, um, zippers. I'm not really sure. But uh, kangaroos was one of the losers of the contest, not selected by the athletic director. So later, when it was time to pick a kind of man-in-a-suit costume, because it's, it's hard to have a big shoe on the sideline, Akron ended up going with a kangaroo to be the only um uh fbs school to have a kangaroo as their mascot um and it is also one of the few mascots to be a female in the ncaa so pretty exciting stuff hopefully we will see her on the sidelines this saturday as akron comes to town but the trivia question of course is that the kangaroo is an icon of australia the land out under where it to wear it as native and as such it appears on the coat of arms of australia but there are four other animals that also appear on the coat of Arms of Australia. So if you can name any of those four animals, including three birds, one of them being flightless, you will win a shout-out on a Compact Discourse. So please, keep those answers coming. If not, I'm going to have to read JP's l- wrong answer live on the air. So <laughs> any, any, any thoughts on kangaroos as, as we continue this discussion, Grayson?
4: I think choosing the kangaroo as the man on the, like, you know, man on the field mascot was a coward's choice. I think that was a mistake not going with the giant shoe. Like, uh, if you're gonna do it, you should commit. You should have a gigantic shoe on the sideline. Like, why? Why would you pick and a loser at that? Like, it's a cool mascot. I I agree, and it's got some some cool attributes that are uncommon. But like, think if they had a shoe. Think about the possibilities.
0: There could be some old lady who lived in the shoe jokes. There could be some two left feet jokes. Think about the brand deals. I. Unbelievable. Yeah. You could have some Zion blowing up a shoe jokes. Like, you, you, you can't. I mean, obviously, there's some material with a kangaroo, you know, boxing, uh, jumping. Those are all tired bits. Well, I, what's I, the school that
4: doesn't have an official mascot? So they have, like, Keggy?
0: Do you know, just <laughs> are, are you sure what I'm talking about? Have I, you heard of this? I've probably seen that on, like, a mental floss fact of the Hold day calendar. Why well, don't you? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, I mean, we could talk about Okay. This. It's Dartmouth. Dartmouth.
4: They have Keggy the Keg. That's their own official mascot. Like, because Dartmouth, mascot. yeah,
0: their their mascot is the Mean Green. So okay. you can't just have the color green suiting up for the game. <laughs> Again, a coward's choice. <laughs> um, Dartmouth has those awesome robot tackle sleds. Have you seen these? No, not it, at all. Um, you know, they're a smart school with a football team. So what they have is basically a Roomba with a, with a pylon on top of it that um, avoids tackles. On the football field,
4: okay, like, so so it can detect where the players are, like it it's
0: actively it, it, it avoiding like, them. It bobs and weaves in in a manner to, to fool the the uh, the tackler. Okay, cool. So maybe that could be their mascot.
4: I think we should just have those in more places. We we should deploy those on the concourse.
0: I think that would help with traffic flow tremendously. You you'd cut
4: down on people riding bikes dramatically.
0: Well, okay. Not
4: not that I dislike people riding bikes, but on the concourse, all right.
0: People might look up from their phones if there was potential to run into a a, a AI tackle. Exactly,
4: slide. we could have them cross the street on Magnolia every so often, keep drivers on their toes. Like, exactly. I, I
0: think these would impri-
4: improve the city of Auburn significantly.
0: I think it could be a, a worthwhile investment. Yeah. So, uh, continuing our discussion about mascots, do you, do you find it weird when the the mascot quote unquote is a person, and so there's like a weird head that a person has to put on like uh, Vanderbilt or Purdue for instance if Absolutely. you want to look up like Purdue Pete um I mean if, if you're a light sleeper I wouldn't look it up but uh, I think Purdue Pete the fact that his head isn't cloth but kind of like a hard looking plasticky ceramic definitely contributes to the scariness
4: if it, Okay, if it was still like the 1920s, I could understand why you'd do that. Because, you know, if you're standing up in the upper decks, you're not going to be able to discern a person on the field. Mm-hmm. But in the age of the video board, you can just have a normal person in the costume. Like, it, it is unsettling.
0: Yeah, that's one of the few things Notre Dame has kind of figured out, um, is, is having just a guy dressed up as a leprechaun. Yeah. Because I think a leprechaun suit would be a little scary and morbid. Or, or even
4: like the whole thing with, with it, it's too realistic. Like with animals, right? Like Obby. He doesn't look like a realistic tiger. He's a cartoon. That's the whole appeal. And mm-hmm. he, he acts like a cartoon tiger. But when you have a person, it's just like it's it's a little too close. And it's just that's that's where it's uncomfortable when it's not just a dude, you know, standing on the sideline. Yeah,
0: you have the Pixar problem where it exactly. looks like a little too real. Exactly. Um, another, another interesting hybrid animal combination is with Willie the Wildcat at Kansas State who wears a mascot head, but apparently they ran out of fabric because he just has person arms. Oh, no. Oh, no.
4: I've never... I'm looking at pictures of this on Google Images right now. That's...
0: It's a bit problematic. That's a mistake. It raises some questions that I don't want to think about on a college football Saturday. The head is
4: also huge compared to the rest of the... Like They, they could have scaled down the head a little bit and made it better, but... Wow. <laughs> that's the worst. I think that might be the worst one. Yeah, no, I agree. That that's, I'll take human with giant felt human head over that any day.
0: So yeah, when, when I mean when it comes to, I mean, Aubie's always in the conversation for best mascot, but I I think the knockout bracket comes down to Willie the Wildcat and and the the scary Clemson Tiger for worst mascot. Which sure. I'm sure that's a, a debate we can hash out throughout the remainder of the college football season. But we're gonna head to a quick. PSA break And when we come back I believe we will have Dylan Basden to bring you all the information about Auburn stages which is going to be tonight at 5 p.m. so you're not going to want to miss that we might just have Jacob Hillman coming back to discuss a little sports so you're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM don't go anywhere we'll be right back after these messages good morning auburn and welcome back to compact discourse right here on wegl 91.1 fm weglfm.com or watching live on youtube that's wegl 91.1 on youtube you might also be watching our video on demand available on the youtube page watching the replay on eagle eye tv or listening to our podcast absolutely psa break free wherever you get your podcast my player of choice is spotify just search for compact discourse All right, we are jumping right back into things here on Compact Discourse. I have a special guest, Mr. Dylan, who is our live events coordinator here at WEGL. I'm still joined by Grayson Moyer. And of course, I'm your host, Jack Hart, coming at you live on this fine Thursday morning. It is the second day of September, and it is the finale for week two of Compact Discourse. So we'll be back Monday at 8 a.m., but we still have about a half hour of a show to bring you this fine morning. So the reason I've got Dylan on the show today is because we had a great event last night with the Circle and UPC, an open mic night, plenty of those coming in the future. So follow at Auburn UPC, at Auburn Circle, and WEGL underscore AU on Instagram if you don't want to miss another open mic night. We had a ton of fun last night, but we also have Auburn Stages coming up this uh, this this evening and every Thursday for the rest of the semester. So follow WEGL underscore AU on Instagram if you don't want to miss a single Auburn Stages event. All right, Dylan, I'm really happy to have you on the show. I'm trying to get every staff member on the show. So punch that one. Um, well, I think I think Luke's gonna be the hardest one to wrangle. But um, I'm glad to ha- that you, you've fallen into my trap already. Um, thank you for coming on the show today. And how are you fi- feeling this Thursday morning?
5: You know, a little bit tired. Had to wake up like two hours early for this. So like, I appreciate that, but you know, not not a huge appreciation.
0: All right, fair enough. Life has trade-offs.
5: It does, it does. But I'm excited to be here. This is only my second time on air, even though it's my third year in Weagle. So kind of exciting.
0: Is this, your, is this your video live stream debut as well?
5: Uh, I tried recording the last one. But okay. I failed miserably at it.
0: Fair enough. All right, so um, how how did you think the event went last night upstairs in the student center, the open mic night with UPC?
5: It was a little bit chaotic. Uh, we had to pull out the backup, backup mixer. It wasn't in, like our second league mixer because we had a few technical difficulties. But besides that, it went really solid. Yeah. Had some really great uh, performers. I think we all agreed that Z was really killer. She killed it some hip-hop and poetry it was really awesome something I was
0: not expecting but something I will not forget as well so Definitely. um I know I- Isaiah did a great job as well he did his first ever performance in front of a live audience and he played a John Mayer song so you know what Th- that won my heart instantly so super super fun don't miss any more of these uh, open mic nights I know Grayson did you do one over at uh, well read
4: yeah, we had a we had one that was just our, our smaller setup over at the coffee shop with just the circle without UPC, and I ran audio for that because we were running a stages at the the same time. Um am I allowed to call myself a stages alumni at this point? Like I, I was on it back when there was no two backup mixers
5: <laughs> when it was just the
4: single one, but I, I don't really work on them at this point.
5: Yeah, I mean you've kind of done. Which is kinda it's, it's a little bit sad well, no, to think I, about.
4: Hey, I, I'm available, but it's I trust y'all. I, I know you're going to do a good job. That's the whole point.
0: All right. Well, that is a perfect segue into Auburn Stages. So Dylan, if you could go ahead and provide our audience with what exactly Auburn Stages is for those of us who don't know, and then what to get excited about tonight on the Cater Lawn at 5 p.m.
5: Yeah. So Auburn Stages is this really cool project. So I was originally an architecture student for like a month and a half <laughs> while I was there. I met Professor Garmaz, who is the head of the Environmental Design Program. And they had crafted these stages. They were built by students, designed by students. But they'd only done a couple performances over like two years. But I came in with some previous help from our previous live instructor had kind of started getting things rolling. Mm -hmm. I had a similar idea. Uh, A couple of our Wiggle members had similar ideas. So we kind of pushed it all together and got Auburn Stages kicked off. So it's a project that helps promote Live music on campus, obviously, but also the effects of live music on people and how it improves mental health. It's Their whole class this semester is actually just doing research on it and helping design and keep this project going forward. So this Thursday we have uh, Sage. She is an Auburn local. Just beautiful voice, very delicate guitar. It's going to be a really good show. I'm excited because last time I saw her, she was just going off of an amp, so you could barely hear her. Mm-hmm. This week, we have our huge PA. It's super loud. You're going to actually be able to hear her. It's going to be great. Uh, just Great voice, great guitar playing.
0: So that's um, on the cater lawn tonight?
5: Yeah, cater lawn. The event starts at 5. Music should start at 6. Okay.
0: Um, and so usually, I mean, these have been in the dining halls in the past. Is that or is that more of like a wintertime rainy situation do you like to have them outside yeah. or inside more
5: well it started off in the dining hall because they reached out to us and wanted to get it going mm-hmm. and it happened to start in the winter so we kept it there okay but last March whenever it started warming back up we brought it outside onto the green space and cater lawn and we're kind of moving it around this semester so last week was on the upper quad uh, this week and next is on cater week after that is green space we have a couple that are gonna be in front of the Auburn Arena on that little green space. Awesome. Whenever it cools down, we're going to go into our Dudley B6 and also the Edge dining hall. Okay.
4: The dining halls are, are great, don't get me wrong. It's great, especially because we already have a lot of students there who can get mm-hmm. exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do present us a, a few logistical problems just by being inside, by being in the middle of an active space, trying to set up and run these. So,
5: Yeah, and being, acoustically, it, they're not the best.
4: Yeah, but you know, it, it's a big empty room. It's... It's difficult to get speakers to work well in there. But we still have that option. We still like to be able to go inside if we really have to.
5: Yeah, and they give us a lot of flexibility too, since they're not like university run. They're run by a uh, AMRAC. Airmark. Airmark. Okay. And uh so they let us come in they let us be a rain venue a couple of times last year, which you can't really get rain venues last minute through the university. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. This semester we have rain venues booked for every event. Uh, Dudley B6 is our backup. So every show, rain or shine, it's happening. And it's great because we have locals, we have students, we even have bands from like Birmingham coming down. Yeah, so I
0: mean, I, I'm endlessly impressed by your connections with all these artists. It seems like you know all of them personally, and it, to, to fill out a schedule, of Auburn Stages from from the get-go. I mean, it's August and we already have shows planned throughout the entire semester. How, how did you build this network with all these local and even far out musicians?
5: Yeah, so it started off, this semester was especially difficult because uh, we had Tiger Fest two weeks ago. And I was trying not to double book out of that cause I didn't want to just repeat the same artist. Mm-hmm. So first off, reached out to artists who weren't performing on it that I already knew, who might have already played in the past or, who wanted to play and just never got to, and after that ran dry, I kind of just posted it on my photography page, and that's where a bunch of the Birmingham bands who were interested were like, "Hey, we want to come play." They just wanted to get down in Auburn and play, right?
0: So, so um, is it is it through the photography you've been able to to make a lot of connections? I know. Did you work at you
5: worked at Avondale over the summer? Yes, yeah, so I worked for a production company called Big Friendly Productions. Okay, but I don't think any of these actually came from that. But, yeah, I did meet a lot of people in the Birmingham music scene and elsewhere that will hopefully help in future booking, which I plan on starting within the next two weeks, hopefully.
0: To get spring semester starting? Yep. Awesome. So, yeah, Um, look forward to that on um, the WEGL Instagram page, WEGL underscore AU. You can get all the information you need about this Auburn Stages that's coming up tonight on the Cater Lawn starting at 5 p.m. So I mean if you enjoyed those neon lights and the and the vibes at the in the coffee shop last night in the student center, be sure to make your way over to the Cater Lawn tonight to get a similar, if not even better, experience um that <coughs> excuse me, that Dylan is putting together. Um so Dylan, <coughs> I had JP and Will on yesterday to discuss a little bit of music um, on a Weagle Wednesday, as we like to call it, because we have a fabulous lineup of shows on Wednesday evenings, um, and then I had Davis and Bay do the same thing this morning. So I'd love to just ask, what, just put my finger on the pulse of what you're listening to, what you have been uh, just enjoying these past uh, few weeks on, uh, on like what your what what's your heavy rotation on Spotify? Is there anything new that's come out that you've been listening to, or is there a local act that you've been uh, trying to promote?
5: Yeah, so. Uh First off, I hate to break it to you, I'm an Apple Music user. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah.
0: I, I like the light mode, okay? I, I wish Spotify would add one.
5: Yeah. But huge album that just came out. I really think they're about to blow up. Super Great People is a Hotel Fiction. The only downside, they're UGA grads. Oh, my goodness. But their album Soft and we let Focus. them play on Weagle? Yeah, we did. Their Weagle session just came out yesterday. I'll see what I can do about that. <laughs> yeah. But hotel Fiction has, has signed
0: has signed Derek, is that right? Yes, they were the first people yes. to sign All Derek. All right, Derek, if you don't know, is our pet flamingo here in the WEGL studio. He might just make an appearance on Compact Discourse next week. But it is, of course, tradition that if you come in and record a Weagle Session, you get your John Hancock on Derek the Flamingo. Uh,
4: I will say brand new tradition. Um, yeah, there's one signature. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Hotel Fiction right now. For those of you who
0: have done a Weagle Session, we didn't forget you. We just didn't think of it yet. Yes,
4: Exactly. And also, thank you. I, Jake Houston, and I know you're not listening to this, but thank you for asking the people at the dining hall if we could take home Derek after an event because I wouldn't have done that.
0: He wouldn't have asked. He would have just taken it.
5: Well, no.
4: <laughs> okay, sure. Oh, god. Yeah,
5: Hotel Fiction is great. Uh, frequent collaborator with Wiggle. He's actually helping us set up tonight. Jackson Chambers, a.k.a. the official bar to of Baldwin County. Uh, if you like folk punk music, super great. He's an Auburn student, so like... And if you don't know what folk punk is, like, check it out, because I guarantee you'll like it. Yeah, it's like punk music, but we're like, acoustic, acoustic guitar, guitar and like yeah.
0: fiddles and banjos
5: and stuff. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, so. I-, I had the pleasure of, of watching Jackson perform at Tiger Fest, and it was just an electric performance. I mean, shout out to the... He, he got up, it was 95 degrees, and he got up there and absolutely killed it with some dance moves while he was playing. It was quite the performance i mean the music's one thing but the stage banter the stage presence is absolutely unmissable so yeah if, if if you ever get the chance to see the official bar of baldwin county live i would not second guess checking that out
5: yeah and that was like his little welcome week shindig tour because he played like three times on campus within like two days mm-hmm. it was pretty impressive but then another album that just came out is uh Abby the nomad it's hip-hop really good stuff Most of it we can't play on air here, sadly. It's got the big explicit logo, but it's really good music if you like, like kind of left of center hip hop, but it's a little bit poppy too. Okay.
0: Good to hear. All right. Well, I think that's going to just about do it for our uh, penultimate segment here on Compact Discourse, but I want to extend my most sincere appreciation to Dylan. for coming on the show today, making an appearance, and I hope this can be a recurring, uh, recurring appearance for you, Dylan. I'd love to get your take on what's new, what's what's hot in the in the live music sphere, and uh, who's coming up on Auburn stages because you know it's every week. It's a full schedule.
5: Yeah, I mean nine thirty every Thursday. I can be here if you want me to. Just
0: pencil that in on your calendars, guys, because uh, Dylan is ready to bring you everything you need to know about Auburn stages tonight. Once again, one more time, that is five p.m. on the Cater Lawn. You aren't going to want to miss it. And then the rain venue is where?
5: Uh, Dudley B6. But we're looking like clear skies tonight.
0: All right. Knock on wood. So we're going to head to a quick break. And when we come back, I think I'm going to wrestle Jacob Hillman back in the studio to bring you a little bit of college football preview because the hours are ticking down. We have a big day of college football on September 4th. That's this Saturday, including Auburn versus Akron. And good morning to all of our listeners and viewers in Auburn, Alabama, and around the world here on WEGL-FM, 91.1, WeagleFM.com, the YouTube live stream. However you're joining us today, or if you're listening to our podcast, commercial free, wherever you get your podcast. we sincerely appreciate you listening to the show. For this final segment of the week, we're going to talk a little college football as we are just ticking down the hours until kickoff on Saturday. We are super excited about Auburn and Akron taking uh, taking the field on Saturday night. And we are going to preview all the exciting college football action. I've got Jacob Hillman somehow managed to get him back into the studio. Hello. So welcome in to him. He is back once again to discuss some college football. And Grayson, um, I couldn't kick out because He's my, he's my superior. <laughs> you
4: can kick me out. That's, that's allowed.
0: All right. Um, so before we talk about college football, I do want to remind everybody, this is the final chance for you to answer our trivia question of the week before I reveal JP's embarrassing answer. And that is um, that the Australian coat of arms does include five animals, one of them being a kangaroo, the mascot of the Akron Zips who are coming to town. If there's any Akron Zips fans listening, go ahead and tweet at us, at c I want to hear you guys... Um, weigh in on this one. The four other animals on the Australian coat of arms, three of them are birds. One of them is flightless. One of them has a Russian ballet named after it. And the animal that isn't a bird has a Disney movie about it that is based on the Shakespearean film of Hamlet. All right. So those are your only clues. I'm done. Um, And we will see if anybody can weigh in on that in the final segment. But Hillman, thank you for joining me on the show. What are you most excited about this College Football Saturday? I know it's easy to say Auburn, Akron, but well, let's not let's not ignore the literal elephant in am, the room. Am right, I uh, am
3: I really mostly excited <laughs> for
0: that? Yeah, and there's some big games going on this weekend, including but not limited to Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Georgia, Clemson, and Bama, Miami.
3: Yeah, and I think that this is one of the more anticipated opening weeks of college football simply because fans are back. A lot of stadiums will be packed to the brim, like Auburn, Jordan Hare Stadium will be packed. And we're going to see that throughout the country. And that's, you know, this is not the same weekend as a few years ago when it was the ultimate college football weekend or whatever. I think Alabama played Florida State. It was a horrible game. Auburn played Clemson. Horrible game. Horrible game. But it's just the fact that fans are in the stadiums, the atmospheres will be back. And, yeah, you've got the Clemson-Georgia game. That should be a good one. But the other matchups will be pretty good. It will be fun. Alabama-Miami will probably not be fun. But... You'll see some fun matchups: Ohio State, Clems- uh, Minnesota tonight. That'll be interesting. Okay. Okay. UCF, Boise State tonight. Those are some familiar faces. You know, Brian Harson came from Boise State. Gus Malzahn went to UCF. So it's a it's a weird dynamic there that a lot of Auburn fans will probably want to watch.
0: Do we know what annoying Imagine Dragons song ESPN is using no, this year? It's
3: not Imagine Dragons. I do know it. Hold on. <laughs> It's all a, right, I mean last
0: year it was Juice World which it, was respectable. Yes,
3: it's a DJ Snake song for Shang-Chi the movie with hold on, I got you. Run it with featuring Rick Ross and Rich Brian.
0: Okay, I'm all right, jury's out. I'll 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 wait to pass judgment until after this weekend. The but.
3: video is pretty cool. It's a good hype video, but I think the song is going to get a little too annoying.
0: We'll see. Okay. Um and Ben Brood accepting submissions
3: on his Instagram at Ben Brood that is Ben B E N Brood B R U U D so he he's looking to see what the fans in the stadium want to hear because he's the one spinning the disc so we'll see what he plays on Saturday night hopefully imagine dragons hopefully,
0: hopefully not <laughs> all right um so is i think the Georgia Clemson game is probably the game of the week
3: for sure game days there it's literally the most impactful regular season game on the college football playoff ever. So. Okay. Is, that, it, is there like
0: metric There is a that? metric behind okay.
3: that? Yes. I I stated that because ESPN said it. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, I, I'm yeah. surprised the Alabama LSU game from 2 years ago wasn't higher, but I don't know. Well,
0: it's because Bama could lose and still get in. Good yeah. point.
3: So, it'll be interesting to see how the two new quarterbacks, not Georgia has every new quarterback, but it's his first full season. As quarterback JT Daniels and then DJ Ugulele starts off at Clemson.
0: Fansville superstar. Oh gosh, DJ Ugulele. I wonder how his
3: performance is going to be in those commercials.
0: It's it's not off to a good start. I don't think any Fansville commercials ever
3: been good. So good good, good take. I guess it could possibly. It can't get worse, but I don't know if he's going to improve it.
0: Yeah. Hashtag bring back Larry. So, uh, we're looking forward to an exciting college football Saturday. Are there any kind of under-the-radar games that are getting swallowed up well, by, by the, uh, by the just, Georgia Clemsons of the I'm world? I'm just going to go ahead and say that Louisiana, formerly
3: Louisiana Lafayette, but they'll get mad if you call them that, is going to beat Texas. They're going to beat Texas on Saturday because they are returning 90% of their stars from last year from a solid squad. I mean, that team, I, I forget who they beat. Was it Kansas State in the first week? Not that Kansas State is any good.
0: That was the, the week that a bunch of Big 12 teams lost.
3: Correct. And I I don't know. I just love.
0: And their scary mascot, Willie and, the Wildcat. Oh, yes.
3: But, yeah, I mean, they return pretty much everyone from a very good team. And Billy Napier, I mean, I'm, I I want Auburn to go after him. They yes, got, sir. They got Brian Harson. I'm happy with that decision. But Billy Napier is a great coach.
0: All right. So, Calling your shot. Horns down on Saturday. Correct. Okay.
3: Louisiana beats them. They're they're like an eight point underdog, and that's too much. But I think they win them straight up.
0: Noted. All right. Um. So the white tents are up on campus. What um. What are you excited about for uh, game day on campus? Um. I know. I are both of you guys like, like, working on game day? Yes. Yes. Mm. Hate that for me. I you. mean, it's still it's
3: still it's still a fun time because I'll be set up where the tire tailgate okay uh show is with Auburn Sports Network. So I'll be able to see everything and just kind of take it all in, and I'll be interacting with some people. So. Awesome. And I get
4: to hang out in my 8x10 air yeah, room say. and watch it on TV, which I'm not against you by get, any means. I am very happy to be in that position. You probably get a lot of different angles of the game yeah. that
0: people don't get. You get the floss cam. Oh, yeah. You get yeah. The, uh, uh, the the close-up of the, the rat getting eaten. <laughs> everything you, you don't get sitting in the stadium. Exactly, exactly. I'm looking forward to the atmosphere, though. Okay. It's gonna be weird because
3: we talked about a few weeks ago how it's so much different from last year with all the students on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wait till Auburn becomes the third biggest city in the state on Saturday. It's going to be packed, and I mean, don't try to drive anywhere because you'll. A five minute drive turns into a thirty minute drive yeah. mm-hmm. on just, game day. Like, get your snowshoes
0: right and like hunker down, but especially it, if you live on a major thoroughfare like I do. Oh no! Yeah.
4: Have they already started the uh, the additional section for students? Um, I, I don't know if they've I, – I know they have disclosed this publicly, um, but they were talking about adding sort of an upper deck. Oh, the two sections A, in the upper deck? Yeah.
3: Yes, and I believe that's the smartest thing to do because every single year they give out way too many guest passes for the first uh, non-conference game that's mm-hmm. against uh, Akron or Alabama State. Yeah. So get in your seats early on Saturday. Otherwise – you're gonna be you're standing. You're gonna need an oxygen the, tank. Standing in the concourse, you're not gonna actually have a seat. It's going to be tough. We obviously Auburn fans, uh, students stand the whole time anyway, but you still want to have a designated seat, so you can sit at halftime and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. And let's make sure that line to get into the stadium moves as quickly as possible. Have you don't. Your
3: tiger card downloaded.
0: Yeah. You don't need your 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 green screen, your passport anymore. Um. But you will need your tiger card provisioned. Is what they're gonna call it. Um, from the university, all that means is that it is in your Apple or Google wallet on your phone. So don't get up there and start pulling out your Tiger card because- um, Have it
3: with you, though, because I have a feeling that if your phone doesn't work, that is the backup plan.
4: Well, it is. That, that okay. absolutely yeah. is. So the, the other important thing with this, don't just have it like on your phone. Have it open on the screen, yeah. pulled up on your wallet. You need to be able to see your picture from your Tiger card on the screen. Um, They they stressed that very much to us in the meeting that we had about tiger cards. I believe they were also saying I I don't know about androids I have an android these are always different, but for iPhones it's like the earpiece down on the scanner. Yeah, I think I thought they said like camera down. Yeah, camera down back of the phone. It's but it's just at the top. A lot of androids the actual like NFC thing is down at the bottom by the charging port, so that might be different. But tap it like that. Yeah, sort of.
0: All right, and then another reminder is that um, when Auburn does get the victory on Saturday afternoon, we do want to remind you that the trees at Toomer's Corner are still recovering, so just roll the big trees. It's as simple as that. Small ones, don't roll. There's some signage to help you out, but that uh, the big tree in front of Biggins Hall and the trees going down College Street are free to get um, some white stuff thrown at them. This uh, on Saturday afternoon, but the trees that are still recovering, we are being asked by Mr. Hedgepath himself not to roll those until they are fully recovered. So hold off for another year until those trees can firmly put their roots in the ground, and then uh, we'll clu- we'll close with one more question: Is that what Auburn tradition are you most excited to see return Eagle. to the? Okay, Eagle. yeah, Eagle.
3: Eagle. not even a hesitation because it's so ridiculous they couldn't do it last year. I get it that they didn't want any non-required personnel on the field to protect the athletes and the coaches, but holy cow, it was one person of you standing literally at the center of the field and walk out of the stadium. So
0: have we have we tried a, a drone before? Has that happened? A, mm-hmm. a drone? Like a, a drone like eagle, an R.C. eagle. Yeah,
3: I mean they did the. I hope not. They did the video of the eagle flights last year. Obviously, like in the stadium, they played a video. So for the Texas A&M game, they did it from the from one of the Texas A&M games in recent years. And I think uh, who who were the other big opponents last year? Tennessee. They did it from the from a Tennessee game from a while back. So it's I'm just excited to see that
4: in real life back. No, I I totally agree with you. That's one of the biggest like goosebumps live in the stadium moments where. I, I don't know. It's just a it's a different atmosphere than I've ever right. seen at a college game day. For sure, it, it's different.
0: I'm very excited for the marching band to be back on the field.
3: Yeah. For okay. I read somewhere where they're not actually like coming out of the tunnel to avoid the congregating okay. in the team area. Are which st- is Are they
0: still going to throw the spike in the ground?
3: Yes, but the issue is it's not like the, you know, they're in the tunnel mm-hmm. like high stepping or Eat, whatever. Eat the hot dogs. And then they run out. And then they run out. I think they're
4: actually starting on the field, and then they just
0: okay. do the routine, yeah. which. Fair enough. You I know mean, what?
4: I've definitely heard them practicing pregame. Like, I they may or may not be in the tunnel. I don't yeah. know. But I I was actually, I was here the day that they did the dreaded stadium practice where they take a day out of band camp and just go, like, all just die in the stadium do and do, do march around the five routine. times. Oh, my gosh. But march around is, is honestly, that that's the hard part. It just I mean, takes forever when you're in it.
3: Especially in September when it's, Almost 90 degrees. Oh, Fortunately, yeah. it won't be that hot on Saturday. It'll be yeah. around mid 80s, which is still okay. Stay hydrated, but
0: hopefully we're white. Hopefully we're good. Yeah, that too. All right. Well, that is gonna just about do it for today. Um, we'll be back on Monday morning at 8 a.m. Hillman, Jack, what Grayson. About
4: the, what about the trivia question? Oh my goodness! JP's answer. I the trivia
0: question. All right. So the the trivia question was, of course, as I check one more time. All right. No more answers. The trivia question was, Auburn's taking on Akron this Saturday, kangaroo. Kangaroo is on the Australian coat of arms. It is on the left side of the coat of arms, and emu is on the right side of the coat of arms. That is your flightless bird. There is also some symbols representing the uh, five states of Australia, uh, including a piping shrike, which is a fictional bird based on a magpie. I didn't expect anyone to get that one. But there's also a black swan, on which Swan Lake, the uh, Russian ballet, is based, And there's also a lion, a British lion, which the clue to that one was, of course, the Lion King. So that is the Australian coat of arms with a kangaroo, the Australian national symbol, who is also the mascot of Akron. And JP thought it was an ostrich. So, wrong.
4: I could see that. I mean.
3: Not an
0: ostrich. (laughs) They live in Africa.
4: Yeah.
3: I was going to say, I don't think
0: there's. Yeah. All right. So thank you to everyone who participated in trivia this week. Hopefully someone will get it right next week as we have um, maybe Hornet trivia. We'll probably have Alabama State trivia, if I'm being honest with you. All right. Hillman, Grayson, any final words?
3: No. Thank you, Jack.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, Mr. President. All right. So thank you once again for listening to another exciting week of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. However you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna, weaglefm.com, or listening to our podcast, we would like to remind you that all the previous episodes are available as a podcast (laughs) wherever you can get your podcast. JP's texting me again. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at cdiscau for links to the podcast information about the show updates and you can tweet at us at cdiscau to answer the trivia questions or just get your opinion on the show you're listening to auburn's only student-run morning show you might want to go ahead and follow wegl's twitter at wegl underscore au our dedicated team of marketing professionals working tirelessly to provide you high quality content monday through friday as for jack hart dylan bazden Davis Carroll, Bay Marks, Grayson Moyer, and Jacob Hillman. This has been another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. We wish you a great weekend, War Eagle, and we will talk at you Monday morning to discuss Auburn football against Akron. This is Jack Hart signing off another week of Compact Discourse. Thank you so much for listening.
2: but I'm trying to see a colorful bird.